0: LinkedIn is chock-a-block full of people's stories at the moment, not just the usual self-promotion and advertising, but there are a lot of human interest stories as people are publicly coming to terms with being laid off or being redundant or being furloughed, which is what's happened to Lorna Gammon, today's guest on the show. I can't recall having heard that term, furloughed, before the COVID-19 pandemic kicked off, but that's one of the things Which has emerged from this situation new language, new terminology, but also new mindset, a better mindset, and maybe a stronger mindset. And the reason I'm suggesting this is that Lorna, today's guest, wrote a post on LinkedIn which took, well, it actually went viral. It took a a glass half full perspective. And that is that being furloughed actually is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to rethink what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing, and what you can do and want to do next. So in many respects, it's an opportunity to reinvent yourself as a learning or training business professional. This is episode 89 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey. And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com
1: podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes.
0: Hi, my name is Mark. I'm the host of this show, The Training Business Podcast. And if this is your first time here, this is the show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, for training consultants, people like you and I all around the world. And the goal of this episode and every episode each week is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. As I said before the music, today we have a guest on the show. Her name is Lorna Gammon from the UK, and she's recently been furloughed, furloughed as Learning and Development Manager with Krispy Kreme Donut Corporation. And she has chosen to look at this situation with a kind of glass half full mentality. And the reason that Lorne is on the show is because I recently came across a post of hers uh, that was on LinkedIn. And that post has over 20,000 views and 159 likes the last time I checked that uh, those statistics this morning. And in that post, she has been encouraging others who have also been furloughed to consider the current lockdown as an opportunity to review what they do and to take advantage of this time. And she explains why in today's episode. Lorna has started her CIPD Diploma in HR Management, that's the Chartered Institute of Personnel Development, CIPD Diploma in HR Management, and also she has begun a coaching qualification And in tandem, she's considering her long-term strategy, which might be to start her own HR consultancy. Lorna, hi. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mark. Nice to be here. Thank you.
0: It's Tuesday. So you've had a bank holiday behind you. Um, So I'm kind of one extra day into my working week and uh, it's Monday morning for you in a way.
1: It is, Yes. (laughs)
0: Okay, so you're at home and the sun's shining and the dog's in the background.
1: Yes, yeah, so apologies if she
0: barks. <laughs> well, look, we, we've worked together um, a number of years, in fact. We first met, well, not, we've worked together once, but that was back in 2013. So that's seven years, which is a long time. Um, and that you were at the time L&D manager, learning and development manager at ASOS. Uh, for people who don't know what ASOS is or was uh, or is, what, what is the company about? What does the brand do?
1: Um, so definitely is. It's, it's still going very strong. Um, it's an e-commerce business. So it's an online business for fashion um, aimed at your 20-somethings. So I'm slightly out of that demographic now, um, but I'm all right with that. Um, but yeah, so it's um, male, male and female uh, fashion clothing.
0: Right. So when when we worked together, um, I came across to do some uh, micro learning in London. So the concept at the time, I'm not sure if it's still hot as a theme, but it was all about the idea of delivering bite-sized learning uh, a number of sessions back-to-back to to different groups of people. How's that still going as a concept in your experience?
1: So I think um, definitely bite-sized learning is still a concept. I think the back-to-back format has probably moved away because I think that people's attention spans and desire to want to be away from their work for that level of time has probably changed and the ability to be able to step away from their desk for that amount of time. so I think micro learning as a concept is still very much there. Um, but you're probably finding more that people kind of almost want it on demand, like Netflix. Um, so I think that there's a space now where micro learning becomes a bit more digital. Um, yeah, yeah. Videos, self-directed. Not. Yeah. And, and actually, is, is they're looking for it when they want it. But also, um, if you can get the software, which is out there, um, that does the algorithms for you. that says actually, you know, Lorna, you, you looked at this yesterday. What about this? which is exactly the concept that Netflix has. And it seems to be mm. um, going very well for Netflix. Maybe that's because we're all in lockdown, but um, <laughs> um, it's definitely a concept that is still alive and kicking.
0: So we've 375 contacts in common on LinkedIn, which is quite a lot, actually, perhaps the highest number of, of common contacts I've come across anyone in my network. Um, so we're, we're knee deep in learning and development. And recently... Um, And this is the reason I, I contacted you and invited you to the show is that you announced publicly on LinkedIn that you've been furloughed. And this is the first time I've had someone as a guest who has been through that. So I'd love to get your experience on what that was like for you, the thoughts going through your mind, and then we can look at what you're doing right now to capitalize on the time off.
1: Yeah, so I guess um, I've got two parts to my furlough because I'm being furloughed um, and then ultimately I will um, end up in a redundancy situation um, and my post on LinkedIn was more about um, looking at that as the opportunity and not as the depressing thought. The word redundancy is a horrible word um, and it makes you feel quite crappy um, but actually the reality is, is that um, it's the role that's redundant, not you as a human being. And that's really, really important to remember and not be quite so hard on yourself. Um, the the furlough in itself, at parts you think, yay, <laughs> I'm being paid to be off work. This is amazing. Um, and then there's a reality of actually um, you're at home and um, we're in a lockdown situation, which is why we're furloughed. Um, that can be quite stressful um, because you are confined to barracks is how I've called it. I'm not locked at home, um, but it is it is challenging. And also there's the piece where, you know, I have a team. Um, so um, my team have been furloughed. We're not really in contact because we've been told that we, we shouldn't really be in a huge amount of contact with each other about worky stuff. Um, but it's a very, very strange place to be um, because you just feel a little bit of a loose end. Um, and it's it's good to hear that businesses are starting to, sorry, come out of the other side, but Starting to reopen, and with the announcements this week around um, the UK that um, non essential shops can start to open uh, within the next, I think, about three weeks, I think, 15th of June, it means that things will start to pick up um, out there in the big wide world. But um, I think my struggle with being furloughed was when initially the government announced this scheme, I was like, oh my goodness, this could be amazing because I've got an opportunity to put together some packages for our employees. where should they want to they could do some self-development and so I saw it as a, a real opportunity and hadn't really anticipated the fact that I would also be furloughed <laughs> um, so I'd kind of made the assumption that I would be able to put some amazing stuff together to support the teams that were at home um, and then I got furloughed so all of those lovely plans went out the window
0: can I ask you, what was the process like of, of being furloughed? Uh, I mean, you you didn't think it would happen to you, but um, how did that come about without going into the business's intricacies? But what actually happened step by step?
1: Actually, it's a really, as much as it seems quite complex, it's a very simple process because the business, obviously the board have a conversation around what the business needs and what the essential roles are. And the key part to that is it's the essential roles that are needed for the business that is operating today which um, for my business at that point we had gone into um, all of our retail shops had closed um, and uh, we were about to shut our entire operation Um, so it's no secret because if people look me up I work at Krispy Kreme Um, and so to shut down the entire operation ultimately made zero revenue um, which Mm -hmm. is a any business quite a scary place to be Um, so I guess as we started But as the furlough word started to get kicked around, our retail um, arm had been shut, um, which is why I assumed that maybe it wouldn't be me because I could do some work. Um, But then obviously we had to close our manufacturing arm down, which meant our logistics was closed on as well because we were not making a single thing. Um, So it was quite a simple process in the fact that the business made that announcement. They talked about that they would look to furlough people and that they would be in contact with everybody. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, we had a conversation to go, actually, we've made the decision that at this point, um, the role that you're operating in isn't essential in the current business setup. And I've had a few conversations with different people where they've been a little bit disheartened and upset um, that they've been furloughed um, from other businesses. Um and I guess it's trying to reassure them that actually there's nothing wrong with being furloughed. Um, one of my uh, friends has said, I just feel like I'm not needed. Um, and it's difficult because you kind of think, well, at the moment, right now, no, you're not, but the business has downsized overnight um, in, in terms of its operations. So it's kind of getting okay with the fact that it's just the role is not essential right now, not forever, just yeah. right now.
0: <laughs> That's a great point, I think, Lorna, the fact that. People listening to this, if this has happened to them, they shouldn't take this personally. It's happened to me back in oh, 15 years ago. I was working for a company producing learning content for uh, web technologies. And the company I was working for was acquired by an American company, uh, Prometric. And, and that was that. And many of us thought we're indispensable, we're part of the business. Uh, we could see the company disposing of x y assets or laying other people off but we're the instructors we're the people on the front line it won't happen to us <laughs> and it does and then all of a sudden you receive this email and your eyes pop out of your head you can't think for a second it's, it's almost like a panic attack and i think this is quite quite a pertinent topic right now because we've kind of just ended or well, last week was was mental health awareness week and it's a kind of a strange um, perfect storm in the way that it's Mental Health Awareness Week. We're talking about the subject of being furloughed, and of course, there's a pandemic going on, which means many of us haven't the wherewithal to simply slide into another role. So, you know, when you when you saw this, how did you react emotionally? If I can ask you about that?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think the, the furlough in itself. So, I had um we had a few conversations around furlough and redundancy, which was um always quite difficult because redundancy is never a nice word, and it's also you know, at this particular time, as you mentioned, the pandemic, which we all know about, is, is quite terrifying where you think, um, you know, I'm, I'm being put out to market um, when no one's buying. <laughs> um, that's that's quite a quite a worrying thought. Um, personally, I had moved house during lockdown. So um, on the 9th of April, me and my husband purchased our first home together. Um, so I sold my house and, and we moved into our our first home that we brought, we're buying together. Um, so all of a sudden I'm like, ah, we've got a bigger mortgage. <laughs> this could all go really badly wrong. Um, but at the same time, um, I always have been, and I always will be, um, a cup half full kind of person. Um, and there were probably moments where I thought, oh my God, this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen ever because it's just the worst possible timing. Um, But at the same time, I had moments where I thought, you know what, it's not very often someone can genuinely gift you time um, because it's just impossible. Um, So actually, I've got the gift of time. um, And that's a very nice place to be because I can invest in myself. um, And I think that I've always said I'd do things, but I haven't had the value up there where I've actually focused and and got some of those things done. And one of those things was my um, CIPD and HR management. My long term in years to come is that I'd love to have my own HR consultancy. Um, But there's a few things that I need to do um, on my CV and um, qualification wise to just give myself that credibility. So actually, I've got time. I can focus that. I've got plenty of time. I can't leave the house, (laughs) so I've got no excuses. Um, So I've signed up for my CIPD. Um, So I've done module two now. Um, So I'm cracking through them.
0: So for people who don't perhaps understand that acronym, um, CIPD, Chartered Institute of Professional Development. Yeah. Okay. So what is that then for people who are not familiar with that term? So
1: it's the um, the Chartered Institute. It's Chartered Institute of Personal Development. Is um, the recognised body for HR and learning and development um, so quite often if you're looking at those roles um, you'll you'll see that they want you to be CIPD qualified um, and, and a member of CIPD um, so it's the recognized body um, so it was a good one for me to focus on there's lots of different qualifications out there um, some of them you can do really quite quickly but they're not recognized um, and so I could have done some overnight ones um, and got them on my CV um, but For me, because I had the time, um, I really wanted to focus on getting the recognised qualification.
0: Okay. And can I ask, is your employer helping you in any way with that, the attainment of that qualification?
1: No, I'm funding that myself. Okay. um, Which is all right. Um, I got a very good deal. I negotiated, so I got a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to negotiate see what I can do. Um, But, you know, it's all distance learning, which um, probably isn't my... my preferred style uh, and my natural style. Um, But um, actually the content that I'm using, I'm going through a company called DPG, um, who are very well known um, for their CIPD. And and actually the content um, is really, really good. Um, I am normally the I'm not necessarily a digital lover um, in that respect when it comes to learning. I like to talk to people. Um, So I wasn't excited by the opportunity. However, the way they've set themselves up um, is brilliant. Um, so kudos to those guys because they've done a great job. Um, I don't know if it's what they had before the pandemic. I'm sure it was, but it's it's certainly working during the pandemic.
0: So how far are you away from then attaining that qualification? How much time will you have to invest over the coming weeks?
1: So um, the actual qualification takes 18 months. Um, you It's at your own pace. So the longest it normally takes people on average is 18 months. People have been known to do it in five months. Um, I've not necessarily put myself under and I miss a, a large amount of pressure to, to get it done in a certain time frame. Um, I've kind of put myself a bit of a plan in terms of how many learning hours a day I will put into it, um, and I will just chip away at it. And actually, if there's a day that I'm just not switched on to doing that, I'm going to be all right with that. Um, and one of the conversations I had uh, with a lady called Sarah Potter yesterday it was like, "Don't beat yourself up over that, Lorna, because it sounds like you are. Um, and it's all right to just not focus on that for one day. It's okay."
0: <laughs> does that does that does that ever bother you? Then do you wake up some days and think, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to work today? And okay, it's it's one thing to be at home as a result of lockdown, but does it bother you in any way that there's nothing to go back to once this is over?
1: No um no it doesn't and I think that's because I'm that cup half full kind of person and that everything that happens to us happens for a reason we might not see that reason at that moment in time but it will all become clear at some point um and I guess so I'm in an okay place financially which I guess takes off a bit of the burden um and the worry of there being nothing at the end of this um so I don't have to panic which means I don't have to run into that next job is that I can genuinely be a little bit picky um over over what I do next um and I've I've got a longer term plan of where I want to be and actually what I've come to realize over the last few weeks is instead of running into another job just because I feel like actually I don't like the word unemployed um, isn't the right thing for me is actually I need to take the next job I take needs to fit into what my longer term goal is around having my own HR consultancy. Um, So I've got a few avenues that I need to look at in terms of whether it's fixed-term contract work so that I can get into that reality of feeling, am I okay with the fact that, you know, I've got a six-month contract and at month four I've got nothing else in the pipeline, which could be what it's like when I have my own consultancy. So I've got some bits that I want to start actively looking at um, to help me shape where I end up, as opposed to running into the next permanent full-time job. That's not necessarily where I'll end up.
0: So it sounds like you'll look at the next opportunity with a view to uh, it being a stepping stone for the long-term opportunity, which is, of course, your own HR consultancy. So I'm dying to ask you about that. What does that look like to you? How will you know when you have the HR consultancy of your dreams, the business that you are meant to to have in a way now that things have turned out the way they have?
1: So I think what I would love my HR consultancy, if you want to be famous for is supporting smaller businesses. So um, my, I call him my little brother, but he's much taller than I am, but um, my little brother has got his own business. He's got a handful of employees um, and quite often he's got HR related questions that um, he doesn't have a HR department he's not big enough to justify that headcount um, but he needs that support um, whether that be you know contracts job descriptions policies um, if you have to go through a disciplinary or a grievance all of that stuff is stuff that um, small businesses need support with um, and it's they need that avenue to be able to go and do that so, I'd like to be famous for supporting those smaller businesses. Um, I don't necessarily want to go in and do um, long-term contract work in a department um, with a consultancy. I'd love to um, support people like my brother um, on a monthly basis. You know, So in the build-up to everything that's been going on, about two weeks before um, the lockdown was announced in the UK, I would said to my little brother, what are you going to do if Boris shuts the country down? And my brother was like, oh, this is just getting silly now. Um, <laughs> little did he know and little did I know, but actually that was a reality. Um, but we'd done the thinking. So actually what was great about um, the conversation that we'd had was once Boris had announced um, that we were going into lockdown, we had a plan for his employees and we had a plan for his clients, um, which meant that he didn't need to shut down entirely. But it did mean that he needed to furlough some people. Um, and and. On the backside of that, he was like, "Oh, thank goodness we did the thinking before this happened, because otherwise I'd have been getting phone calls left, right, and centre, and I wouldn't have had any answers." Um, so I'd love to be that person on someone's shoulder that just gives them a knock and says, "Have you thought about this?"
0: Um,
1: so that's what that's what it looks like in the future.
0: Yeah, so it sounds to me like, in a way, you can do the strategic thinking that other businesses haven't time for. So you've learned something from this experience, which is that on the one hand. Um, you've been furloughed. Is that your first time it's, it's happened to you being furloughed? Yeah. So in a way you, you're taking this positively and many people can't, I have to admit it's, it's been difficult for some people I know. They're literally, they're in deep doo-doo because, uh, there's a, their career is dried up in a way. There's no prospect of the, of them being rehired. And as far as I know, a couple of them have no immediate plans as to what they're doing next when, when the, uh, the waters recede. But it sounds to me like you have a plan you've learned from this experience and something you've learned from this experience, which is key, is that you are not going to look at the next job as a job, but an opportunity to facilitate your long-term plan, which is to be responsible for your own direction so that you are in control of your own destiny, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Are there people then, you know, to whom this has happened who are not perhaps taking this so well as you are?
1: Um. Yeah, so I've got a uh, mixed bunches. so I've got... um. In my career, I worked at Virgin Atlantic for ten years. Um, obviously, they are very much in that deep doo doo, as you say. Um, and you know, so you know, I've had friends that have called me and said that we had a call where they literally put everybody at risk of redundancy. Um, and you know, there are pockets of those people that are cabin crew, um, and you kind of think actually, for cabin crew, what other job is out there? Yeah. And it's helping them to understand that actually. There are other jobs within their skill set, um, and unlocking that thinking. I think you know, cabin crew um, appears a very glamorous lifestyle. It's a hard working lifestyle, but you know you end up in beautiful countries if you work for Virgin. But um, you know what else can you do with the skills that you've got? Um, but yeah, I definitely think there's a real mixed bag, and I think that um, you know I've I've never been furloughed before. I have been made redundant before. Um, I've never seen. It as a bad thing, because I've always told myself, actually, it's the role, not the person. Um, and I think if you can change your mindset to that, that helps um, with just your mind um, going through that process. That because it can feel very, very personal because the letters are addressed to you, not your job title. <laughs> so <laughs> when you get the "Dear Lorna" letter that confirms your redundancy, it's not "Dear Head of L and It is "Dear Lorna," so it feels very, very personal. And, and, you know, so it, it's taking that away from that and telling yourself it's the role, not me, because um, it's, a, it's a really rubbish word to have, like probation. I don't like the word probation either, because that sounds horrible.
0: <laughs> it sounds almost criminal, actually. It sounds like, you know, you've you... just come out of
1: prison and, you know, we're going <laughs> to see if you can behave yourself. It's a horrible, horrible word. And actually... You know, we, employers are also on probation in that respect, but we never put it that way around because actually, when we join a job, we decided we're going to stay as much as they decided they want to keep us.
0: <laughs> so coming back to your HR consultancy for a second, is this something that you would like to build where it's just you, if you will, your own role within your own company as a sole trader, or is this something you'd like to expand and hire other people perhaps on a full-time or contractual basis?
1: Um, I think it could be, all of the above. Um, it's it's funny because you almost look at. I almost think God. If, could I imagine running a business where actually I'm hiring people, but also I'm paying those people, um, and that feels quite quite a scary step. Um, but you just don't know, do you? You don't know what the future is. I think there's probably a scope for um, potential subcontracting workout. So I think there's the piece where if you can get yourself known enough out there um, and an inquiry comes in, and you think, do you know what, actually, this isn't for me, um, but I'll put you in touch with the right people. The challenge you have there is once the connections are there, um, why would they go via a broker to get that person? They'll just go direct to them. So I think that um, it's quite a tricky one to do when you build. You either got to go in with the mindset of you're building an empire or actually you're going to go into it as a standalone um, I've got lots of um, old work colleagues. So my old boss from Virgin Atlantic, um, Vicky Harris, um, has got her own consultancy, as has, um our overall boss of that company. So um, Andy Cross has got his own consultancy. And you know, what you tend to find is that um, you just lean on each other and you're like, actually, you know, I can't take on that bit of work right now, but I know someone else who can. So I think there's more of a, a pay it back, thing within what i'm looking at of you know if there's a piece of work coming in and i don't feel i've got the right skill set is that i've got a great network of people where i could um pass that work on to and likewise they do the same because we've got a good friendship and a good network
0: so if i said to you you've got 12 months or 18 months to get your business up and running i know you've you mentioned before we began recording that you've received some kind of offers or some kind of um Information about about possible next steps, job wise. If you had if you had eighteen months to get this up and running, would that be enough time to start your HR consultancy?
1: Potentially, I think it's more about um, what I want to do is get the qualification under my belt. That can take time. It all depends. So if I end up um, not working for you know, another six months, um, then I've got a lot more time on my side to be able to do that qualification. If I start working sooner, um, then that qualification will take less of a priority because I will be working um, and fitting it in around that. Um, So what I haven't set is a a line in the sand that says by 2022, I want my own HR consultancy is more of a plan around, okay. so if I want my HR consultancy, which is my longer term piece, what are the stepping stones that I need to do that? So IPD is one of those. Um, getting that fixed-term contract so I can get that feeling of what it's like to not have anything else in the pipeline. Now, I might do a fixed-term contract. Um, you know, there's a p- potential of one um, coming up. I might do that and think, do you know what, I don't, I don't like that feeling. Um, and that, that might make me question, is the HR consultancy really what I want? Um, because I've never experienced being my own boss. So... Um, I think there's lots of experiences that I need to have before I can sit down and go, right, I'm now going into that HR consultancy. Um, what I found is that I have really, really enjoyed that side of um, HR. Um, so it might be that I do a fixed term contract and think, oh, my goodness, I don't enjoy the, you know, not knowing what's coming next. Um, and it then says, actually, I'm going to go and work in a HR department. Um, and base myself there in a permanent role, because I've experienced that. Um, and then later on in life, when I don't have to hopefully worry quite so much about um, money coming in, is then I could start to think about doing that. Um, so I think it's quite difficult to put a line in the sand to go, yeah, 18 months is enough time, because I think I need to experience some things first to know that that's what I really need to go after.
0: Mm-hmm. And what feeling will you have, what will have happened that confirms to you, finally, that this is yes or no? How will you know when X has happened or Y has happened or you have X feeling or Y feeling? This is now a confirmation that this is what I should be doing.
1: I think it's the fixed-term contract. So I think that um, getting into a fixed-term contract role and experiencing the genuine feeling of, you know, actually month one, month two, month three, fixed-term contracts tend to be about six months, six or 12 months, but... Um, mostly six, is that when you get to month four, how do you actually feel and how do I feel about not knowing what's going to happen in month seven? Um, And it will either be a, yeah, bring it on, Um, you know, go have a conversation with the people that I'm currently fixed-term contracted with and say, do you need more? Can I stay? Um, Or am I getting back out there and looking at the next fixed-term contract? And do I feel really, really positive and excited by that? Or does that fill me with fear? um of not knowing when that next paycheck is coming um, and I think that, that that's the that's the moment um, probably sort of month four and five where you'll either be excited by that prospect of looking for the next opportunity or fearful of it um, and because I've never experienced that I've always um left a job to go to a job um, and I get yes, yeah, so I need to experience that. You you could flip it and say, well, actually, you're pretty cool about being made redundant, which means you don't know what's coming next, and you don't know where your next paycheck is.
0: I was about to say that. <laughs> There's a parallel actually between what you're going through right now and and that potential, uh, you know, pivot point in the future.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's because um, at this moment in time, my personal circumstance um, means that I don't have to put myself under that level of stress. Um, If I'd used up all of that slush fund of money um, and I didn't have that, you know, that back pocket, um, then I might feel differently. And so some of the conversations I've had, um, I had a conversation with a gentleman called Darren from Sticky Learning. And uh, he said, the pot of money could be a blessing or it could be a curse because it's not giving you that true feeling right now because I've got a cushion. And you kind of think, you know, so it's a blessing because actually I don't need to stress. I don't need to rush after something and just get a job is the next role that I take, um, not that I've been offered, the next role I choose to take, um, will be one that fits into that that building block of the plan. Um, whereas, you know, if I'd been made redundant this time last year, um, we were about to get married. So the slush fund was definitely being depleted. (laughs) Um, and therefore, um, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't be able to take the foot off the gas quite so easily. Um, So yeah, it it is a bit of a parallel at the moment. And I think that I kind of need to, need to spend all the money, Mark.
0: I had a conversation actually with with a coaching client uh, a year and a half ago, and he's working for a French company in Dublin, in Ireland. And he talked about the fact that he'd at some point intended to, or still intends to start his own uh, business. And we talked about what that would look like and how he would know if he got there. And um, he then said, well, I first of all have to get this experience here and this experience here. And it went round and round in circles. And basically what I was asking was, are you actually laying planks? Are you extending your own um, diving board so that you will actually never have to jump? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to be difficult, but I'm often thinking of this myself. Am I actually adding to the length of the diving board, convincing myself that I'll be ready when I'm ready, when this is ready, and that's lined up and this is... <laughs> <laughs> am I being devil's advocate here?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think there's a bit where you've got to, just, you've got to take the leap of faith, haven't you? Just having that moment of experience of a fixed term contract coming to an end, I think that will be the piece that gives me the experience of dealing legal faith or not.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a courageous thing to do. I mean, there are many people right now who are completely uh, at sixes and sevens as to what's next. And in, in some respects, this could lead them back into full-term employment. Or some people might say, actually, if it's now or never, there will never come, at least I hope not, another set of circumstances like this. And if I'm to do it, then it's a question of being bold. But of course, it's difficult because it's not an ordinary circumstance where you're cutting uh, the drawbridge. We don't know what the other side looks like. And and still experts can't say if we're out of this in six months or even 12 months. But look, um, I, I really appreciate your time today and and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Um, I know what it's like. I've been where you are. And um, in some respects, I, I found that for me, it's, I'm I'm better off working for myself or at least, uh, working on contracts where I have some degree of control. But that said, there are other people who, who like the familiarity of an office and of, of colleagues they meet every day. So it's, it's not one size fits all. It's, it's a very difficult time, but one thing is for sure, we will come out of this as different people. I think, w- yeah. And I think I love your, um, glass half full mentality. And, and it's this, that even if you have no idea what's next, the time you have right now is the time to do something because 2020 is gone. Whether you, you know, how you look at this, it doesn't really matter because the time now that you have is something you'll not have again. If you're thinking of writing a book or starting a program or a qualification in your case, or even starting a business, hoping that things will turn around and you'll be in a position to launch that business when that time comes. In a way, 2020 is the year that you'll never have again in some respects. It's a way of looking at it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some real opportunity. I mean, the situation is horrific. However, what you are also seeing is some really inspirational pieces of work. Um, And, you know, I look at LinkedIn and I see lots of different people reaching out to each other and offering support um, and offering advice and their time. Um, And that wouldn't have happened before this, you know, it, it wasn't quite the same as that. So I think that, there is a real sense of community, whether that be you know at your home and the people that you live around or on LinkedIn and the network you have there is I've been blown away by the support that is out there for each other now because actually, genuinely, we are absolutely completely all in this together um, because there isn't a single human being on this planet that isn't feeling this in one way, shape or form. Um, and I think that, although it's a very horrid situation, there's been some really lovely green shoots coming out of that. Um, and I'm seeing some little businesses that would normally go under in certain circumstances absolutely thriving because they were able to flip the switch really, really quickly and do something completely different to their you know, planned business model. And that's quite exciting. So there are some things that will come out of this that people will look back and go, do you know what? actually, 2020 was the year that made us um, as opposed to the
0: year that broke us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pivot. It's a chance to to regroup. It's a chance to redirect yourself, and it's a chance to perhaps reimagine what you do and whom you serve, and what your life looks like. Because it's a handbrake. It's the world's handbrake has been pulled. Uh, the question is, do you get out out of the vehicle? Do you change vehicles? Do you build your own vehicle? Um, th- we cannot blame other people at this point. We've been given a chance to reimagine and redirect ourselves. Um, So yeah, I'd like to leave it on that point. That is that 2020 is detrimental economically, but in terms of creativity, a lot of this is up to you and I. It's up to people like us to, 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 to find some positive angle to this and to reinvent and redirect ourselves, even in the smallest of ways, whether it's qualifications, a whole new career, or it could be a way of perhaps reinventing how you reach people, because I think after this, some things will not be the same ever again. Absolutely. Lorna, it's been lovely having you on the show. Thanks so much for your time today.
1: No worries. Thank you, Mark.
0: Thank you, Lorna, for being our guest today. A very positive perspective. And I hope that we can be or continue to be as positive and proactive as you have been on today's show. Keep the suggestions coming. All emails are applied to me personally. My sincere thanks to you, Lorna, and thanks to you in the audience for tuning in again this week. Thanks for all your support. I'd love you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show and to attract the right guests to help you with your training business journey. You can check out the podcast on a range of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify, to name just three. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Of course, social media profile could be improved, but feel free to check us out and to join the conversation. Thanks for your time today before I sign off. And I look forward to your company on next week's episode, which of course is next Thursday. So until then, stay safe, stay selling, keep selling, keep training. Bye for now.